are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Yes, you are here for a reason, but so is Jesse. Because we are studying the book of Revelation. And this is probably one of the uh, more controversial books, Jesse. The book of Revelation chapter 13 which ends with the mark of the beast but it also highlights the coming of the beast that's right this is a very controversial uh chapter that we're going to cover this morning and i I think it'll be a great discussion jeff and one of the things that i truly hope and pray that comes out of this is that god's word is going to expose how obvious the coming beast or AC is, and that people will stop emailing you, Jesse. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. Stop treating me like an oracle, please. The Lord (laughs) shall reveal who it is. And uh, I think, you know, I think at the root of that, people are afraid that they won't know, you know, because it says that this individual will be so deceiving that they'll be liked by most, their way will be accompanied by peace and, you know, goodness and humanity. So I think at the root of that is fear that they just won't know. And the solution is that we need to trust the Lord, that he will show us if we're walking in the spirit, his Holy Spirit's going to reveal to us who that individual is. And we can be confident that we will know the enemy we will recognize him and the Lord will show us what to do in that day, that time, that hour. Yeah. And, and it's going to be so obvious because there's, you know, this is going to be an unheard of circumstance in this world, but uh, there is something very important that you must do if you have not done it yet. And that is receive Jesus and ask for the fit in filling of his Holy spirit. Uh, for twofold reason. First of all, it is the Holy Spirit within you that will reveal these things to you. And also, it is the Holy Spirit in you that will get you through a very difficult time if indeed this happens in our generation. Yeah. And Jeff, if you don't mind, let's just, since we're there in that place, let's pause for just a moment and just uh, lead people in how to say a quick prayer to receive the Lord. So if you'll join me. Heavenly Father, we just lift up those who who would desire to know you this morning. And um, if you're out there and you want to know the Lord, we just ask that you would follow along. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin and all unrighteousness. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead. And I believe that you raised me into new life. And I ask to have that new life in Jesus Christ today. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. 
And if you prayed that prayer with us, we just ask that you would reach out, let us know. And yeah, ab absolutely. Put something in the comment box. Do not be ashamed of doing this. This is the greatest decision you could ever make. And if you're ashamed of saying it, uh, the Lord will be ashamed of you. Uh, and you do not want that. Uh, so also, if that was you, uh, send me a note uh, to write on Jeff at gmail.com and uh, just say that was me in the comments and you know, that way we can have people pray over you. Look, this is virtual. Uh, I'm not there to hold your hand and give you a hug and welcome you in. But we want to pray that the Lord will dispatch someone into your life and will start ministering to you uh, and bring some people around you. And uh, we want to be able to pray over you. So uh, just, uh, again, send an email to write on Jeff at gmail.com. It is the greatest thing that you could ever do is to except the Lord Jesus, the King Most High. Jesse, shall we get into the Word? We shall. All right, this morning we are reading from Revelations 13, and I'm going to read the first um, 10 or 11 verses here. All right, it says, uh, Revelations 13, starting at verse 1, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat in great authority." And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given under him unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. The power was given him over all kindreds of tongues and nations and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And if any man have a ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword shall be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. He exercises all authority of the first beast in his presence, and he makes the earth and those who live on it worship the first beast, whose fatal wound was healed. He performed great signs so that even makes fire come down out of the sky to the earth and to the presence of the people. And he deceives those who live on the earth because of their signs, which it was given to him to perform in the presence of the beast, telling those who live on the earth to make an image to the beast who had the wound of the sword and has come to life. 
and it was given to him to breathe to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast would even speak and cause all who do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And he causes all, the small and the great, the rich and the poor, and the free and the slaves, to be given the mark on the right hands or in their foreheads. And he decrees that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. All right, Jesse, there's a lot to unpack in this. Um, there is. <laughs> I, I've got a ton of scriptures, but I think I'm just going to uh, give people some homework and not read out all of the scriptures for time's sake today. However, uh, there's definitely some correspondence that are going to make a, this a lot more clear to you. So let me just start here. Uh, actually, you know what? It just uh, dawned on me. I'm going to read, uh, just to, as a pretense, the very last verse of uh, chapter 12. So the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Okay, so that really does tie in with uh, with the war that's going to be waged upon us. And by the way, this isn't the first time that uh, there's been war with the saints. Uh, right. Look up Nero, <laughs> right? Absolutely. And I think it's important to, you know, recognize that that this chapter, chapter 13, you know, it's really about that war that the dragon uh, brings against the saints. And that, you know, we have to really look at it as that, as, you know, our enemies coming against us. This is one of his wiles. And, uh, you know, he's trying to um, overcome the saints and do away with them. That's right. And just as we get into some of the scriptures, listen, I, we're going to give some speculation. We're going to give some conjecture. Uh, you need to take responsibility. Uh, do not make, make our opinions or uh, interpretations the Bible, okay? The Bible is itself. You need to go and read and research for yourself. Uh, do many, many studies on this and, you know, really ask God for own discernment. But uh, because I, I'm going to make a couple speculations here. And and actually, if I could start with one, Jesse, because I, uh, you know, I, I spent a lot of time uh, last night, you know, thinking, uh, you know, about the things, uh, uh, you know, to look for, look for in this and, uh, and praising God and actually doing some warfare against the... Uh, the, uh, the events of today, which is a, you know, a satanic holiday. And, you know, just one of the things and I'm not saying this did not, I'm not saying this came from God or anything like that. But remember last week we talked about uh, this, uh, this island La Palma and mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, what could possibly be a man-made tsunami that comes across and, uh, and we compared it to 
you know, in Revelation 12, God says, but I will swallow it up. It won't work. Mm -hmm. And you know what, Jesse, it just occurred to me, you know how we've been saying for over a year now that we're mimicking or we're paralleling the time of Exodus. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of conjecture about, you know, we're going to have a Red Sea moment. I'm just saying, could that be a Red Sea moment? A 150-foot wave, and then it gets stopped in its track and swallowed up? Uh, absolutely. I believe it could be. I, You know, as I say, like, that's, a, that's a long shot, <laughs> you know, but uh, listen, just something to, uh, to consider. All right. Yeah, very much so. Well, it's interesting, this first verse, um, you know, I'd like to bring out uh, some of the history in scripture that, you know, in Genesis, uh, going back all the way to the days of Abraham, you have the Lord made Abraham a promise. And that promise was kind of fourfold. Um, But part of that promise, the Lord you know, told Abraham who already he was beyond childbearing years. His wife was beyond childbearing years. In fact, uh, Sarah, you know, was close to her eighties or even past her eighties. So she would Mm -hmm. have already gone through menopause and everything. You're talking impossibilities here. You know, um, once a woman's gone through menopause, there's just not a way unless it's a miracle of God to have a child. And because words are important in definitions, I'll also just say menopause means crazy lady syndrome. (laughs) We'll give you that. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. Uh, Lord, forgive me. Audience, forgive me. (laughs) You have uh, the Lord, you know, makes that promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it's not only that, you know, Abraham would have a son, but that he would have generations you know these children that as the lord put it would be as many as the sand in the sea so what's interesting about this chapter is that you know first you have this dragon who's trying to make war against abraham's seed the israelites and when he doesn't succeed in that then he starts to focus on who you know all the other children um, that the Lord has given to Abraham. And so, you know, for this first verse, it says, you know, I stood upon the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rise up out of that sea. And, you know, it's this picture of this sea in the sand and this beast coming up onto that sand, trying to have that claiming that dominion, that authority, um, that's over that land and over the people on that land. Uh, So that's kind of how this starts off, you know, is, is this beast is daring to tread on, on land and take permissions that are not given to him by God. Yeah. And, and so when it says having 10 horns and seven heads, uh, the, the, to me, the 10 horns are essentially, so th- this is, this is both, both individuals and a system. I think it's really important to understand that, um, this, so the, you know, the, the, 
seven heads um, and the ten horns, essentially, this is like seven heads of state is my interpretation, and ten horns is like ten major powers of the earth, you know, so... You know, you can think of the different empires. You can think of, you know, the different very powerful countries that are out there, even even nuclear countries, you know, uh, right. whatever. That might be a stretch as far as, but it, it, symbolically, uh, that's what it is. And on his heads were blasphemous names, which means they're not godly nations, in my opinion. Right. Okay. Um, the other thing that I think about, Jesse, and again, this is just conjecture, but we have this symbolism of the sea and the land. And right now there is, you know, so much talk about becoming, you know, coming out of the maritime law system and going into a common law. So it's like coming out of the water and going on the land. And that's essentially what happens here is the power uh, comes out of the water and it's given onto the land. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we're coming into a new system. Mm -hmm. And it's still, you know, in light of that being a good thing, you know, you see who's really temporarily has rule or is taking authority over that. And it's these 10 crowns that, you know, basically upon their heads is the name of blasphemy upon all 10, you know, that they all blaspheme the Holy Spirit and the Lord. But make no mistake, this is going to be, people are going to love this, you know? Um, And, you know, we get into the amount of time a little bit later on in the chapter, but uh, this is going to be something that everybody wants because let's face it, uh, it's going to bring peace. It's going to unite. Uh, Borders aren't going to be as important. There's not going to be rumors of war at that time, you know? Uh, This is a consolidating power you'll you'll be happy and you'll own nothing (laughs) (laughs) uh yes so uh and the beast that i saw was like a leopard and his feet were like those of a bear and his mouth was like a lion and the dragon gave his gave him his power and his throne and great authority and so uh, one of the places where you really want to compare, because it's almost exact wording, is, you know, read Daniel chapter 7, uh, particularly yeah. verse 2 and then uh, verses 36 to 44. And w- what this is speaking of here, uh, and, and actually we could even go back into, uh, you know, the, the story of, I think it's, yeah, it's the very first verses where, Daniel interprets the dream of Nebuchadnezzar and you look at these names and they're the same and it's, it's naming the different empires, right? Right. Um, So what this is saying is all the empires are coming together. Mm -hmm. Yep. The finality of them all merging together and that power, that seat, that authority being handed over. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about that, how, you know, everything the enemy does is a mockery of what God has put into place. And, you know, as the Lord created things, he, you know, sent his begotten son, which means a begotten is a very specific word. It means a piece of. And so, you know, there's only one who has a piece of the fullness of God, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, you know, the father sent his begotten son 
and um, you know it says that all authority is given unto him. And so, you know, what we see happening in Revelations is this mockery that Satan, you know, also has someone that he hands over the authority of his kingdom and the temporary rule over to. And, you know, I believe that, you know, the deception will be so strong. You know, scripture tells us that if those days were not cut short, that even the elect would fall away because, you know, this false messiah who's coming you know he will fulfill the majority of those prophecies um he will you know be able to uh have signs wonders miracles uh he will proclaim himself as a long-awaited christ and messiah and israel and many of the nations i believe that it will even be you know a lot of the um churches a lot of the you know pastors that these individuals will proclaim him as you know as the messiah that israel's been waiting for absolutely and you know obviously the pharisees are going to be there lifting them up um listen all there's all world religions are going to be folding into one you know this is going to fulfill the quran this is going to fulfill the the torah this is going to fulfill like and 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 by the way, the Christian Church has been so strongly uh, infiltrated because the pulpit has really been uh, his greatest prize, and there's going to be a lot of pulpits saying, "Man, this is it. This is the guy we've been waiting for," and and it will be absolute absolute blasphemy. Uh, but you know, these yeah. people are in place right now to do it, and I think it will be accompanied with, you know, something that we're expecting that. You know, the deception will even go as far as to, um, you know, that they'll proclaim that it's Jesus Christ returned, you know, that he ascended and returned to earth. Um, So. Yeah, well, you know, coming out of the sea is like coming out of the depths. It's like almost a new life. Right. And yeah, so I can totally see that. And you got to remember, this is uh, this is first century where they didn't have the explanations for all the technological things that we have now as well. And, you know, we certainly don't want to dismiss any of that. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been fatally wounded and his fatal wound was healed and the whole earth, I want to stress that, and the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. So this fatal head wound, Jesse, what do you see here? Yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot of different opinions. Um, The majority of scholars in the Christian field um, believe that that, you know, represents that whoever this individual is, that he will receive an actual fatal wound to the head um, to the extent that it, you know, it says that he's wounded unto death and then um, he will be raised from the dead and everybody will wonder at that. So that's what the majority of Christian scholars believe. Um, You know, some some have speculated that it's somebody who, you know, already had a head wound previously um, or that was seen, whether, you know, 
the scriptures actually, you know, I was just thinking of like the speculation that some say, you know, JFK mm -hmm. um, will be brought back and that he was shot in the head. Um, so, you know, that wound will be healed and he'll be reinst reinstated, things like that. Um, you know, some of that, I guess the scripture kind of supports that it will be more of a wound from a blade versus a gunshot or other things like that. So, um, you know, I just keep that in mind as we are entering into this time. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, and listen, we don't know who, who this is, but uh, again, this is going to be like the death and resurrection type of moment. And, mm -hmm. and it'll be, you know, the greatest of miracles and, you know, uh, it has to be something so convincing because there's been a lot of people who have got wounded and survived. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in times and, you know, we're always happy to see that, but, it, but in this case, I think it's something that is, there's no way that person could have survived. Right? right. So uh, we have to keep that in mind as well. But I'm glad you brought out that uh, that theory because that theory about JFK is becoming very popular uh, right now. He was a charismatic leader. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that uh, kind of makes it sound like it, but but I don't know. Uh, I, I think it'll be someone even more charismatic. Yeah, in I fact, do as well. But Way more charismatic, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, because, yeah. you know, even, even in those times, not everyone agreed with the things. I think it's got to be someone who's completely untarnished and has a bit more of a religious and political standing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I agree with that as well. But So they, they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, who is like the beast, who is able to make war with him? So you have there that acknowledgement, um, the rulers, the authorities, the powers are acknowledging that authority, that power of the beast and handing that over to him. Yeah. And, and so essentially all of the world's military equipment and everything is now under his authority. This is the one world government. Yeah. That's what I believe as well. And, uh, um, what was I going to say? It's, you know, it's because it, it's interesting that they, they give up that power, that authority, that rule simply because they wondered, um, you know, and were amazed by the miracle that happened that he was dead and yet came to life. Um, you know, for me, it, it always just amazes me because, you know, when, when the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, we know he died, he was dead three days and then he rose and, you know, actually it was even before his resurrection, you have, you know, the book of Matthew brings out that when he died, literally the earth opened up and gave forth the dead and they were in the city witnessing for 40 days which was the same time frame as you know after jesus christ resurrected he he was with the disciples and and uh you know ate drank 
um, fellowshiped with them for 40 days after his yeah. death. And so you don't get that with this beast. You don't get that um, necessarily where, you know, there's that specific number of days, but you, instead of days, it's actually, he gets 42 months after he's raised that uh, he's walking among the people, um, doing whatever he's doing. And, uh, you know, it wasn't enough in Jesus's day for the Pharisees to proclaim, you know, he is the Messiah, he's God. So it's interesting that this time they do believe this resurrection and, uh, you know, they proclaim this beast as their God and as the Messiah. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, the whole world is the key thing there. Everyone's going to come into agreement. Listen, folks, this guy is going to be beautiful. He's going to say everything perfect. You know, uh, listen, he's been rehearsing this part for thousands of years and, uh, and, right. and he's ready for it. And so speaking of which, and he opened his mouth in blasphemies against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle. That is those who dwell in heaven. That's a really interesting statement there to me. Yeah. It's not like the earthly temple that the Jews have built, the third temple, you know, where he proclaims himself God, but it's, he's actually blaspheming the heavenly temple. Yeah. And, and, and again, you know, I think this is part of how uh, all the religions come together because it's going to make the, uh, the, you know, the, the Jewish people who have denied Christ uh, happy. It's going to, uh, it's going to make the Muslims happy and it's going to trick some of the elect, you know, yeah. into believing this because of the miracles and the supernatural nature of this. Uh, but at the same, and so basically he's going to tell you that the Jesus that is written in the Bible is false. And that's why we've been going on this Jesus strand and the great apostasy and all this other mm -hmm. stuff, because this is part of the way that uh, is we're confident uh, in our own perspectives, that this is going to be uh, part of the great deception. Well, I think it's going to, you know, it specifically says too that he blasphemes not only the name in the tabernacle, but them that dwell in heaven. So when you think about the implications of this, you know, we know that in these last days, there's going to be a joining of all the religions of the world to make a one world religion. Um, so you're going to have, you know, the Jesuit Catholics, you're going to have the Muslims, you're going to have the Jews all coming together um, to form this one world religion. And um, with that, you know, uh, kind of what is the base of all those religions? You know, they all claim that they are the descendants or children of Abraham. So I think that that's going to be part of that blasphemy of those who dwell in heaven, because we have to remember, you know, what did the Lord say? He said, I am not the God of the dead, but I'm the God of the living. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm. And, you know, so think about that. I think it's going to extend to, you know, Abraham. I think there's, he's going to be blaspheming against Moses, against the prophets, 
um, against Elijah, um, all those big time individuals that the scriptures are based off of those lives of those people and their testimonies about the work of God in their lives. Um, you know, I think that that's what is going to be torn down because how do we overcome the evil one? It's by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That's right. So the, you know, the original Bible, the 66 books is all about the testimonial witness of those who experienced God. And so I think that's really going to be attacked and torn down and blasphemed, um, you know, saying this scripture is not true. Um, these words of God are not true. These testimonies are not true. Uh, so, you know, it's even more important to hold fast to, you know, those testimonies that we know to be true. And and one of the things, and now I'm I'm getting into conjecture again, and I and I won't be long on it because we want to get through the chapter. But uh, when we did the uh, decode on iPet Goat Three, enter the Ark of the Covenant, and then what's revealed the ancient scrolls, right? Right. And, and you know, and just, and whose name on it is Muhammad instead of the Ten Commandments? You yeah. Know? <laughs> I can't help but thinking of that as we're reading this and. Uh, Look, we don't know, but uh, these are things to watch out for. And obviously they're not of God because we believe that God can keep a book together. That's right. All right. And it was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given to him over every tribe, people, language, and nation. Yeah. Pretty clear. <laughs> and this, you know, it's interesting because it will come out later, a few verses or a few chapters later in yeah. Revelations. But this is the core of, of Christ's authority is that, you know, it says that by the blood of the lamb, you know, or by his blood, he purchased <clears throat> every tribe, every tribe, every nation to be a kingdom of priests. And then it, again, it says, you know, we overcame the evil one by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So you see this war going on. And I think that war is really going to be centered on, you know, the authenticity of the blood and on our personal testimonies or experiences of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and some scholars uh, talk about this and they're basically saying that uh, that there's a removal of the Holy Spirit at that at this time. I don't believe that. Yeah, I, I don't believe that either. But that is some do say that this is the point where um, that happens, that if you don't have... Um, you know, that power or that the only reason the Antichrist is over able to overcome is because the Holy Spirit has been removed from yeah. the saints and from the people. And, you know, without that power of the Holy Spirit, we have no authority, no power, no dominion over the evil one. So 
um, that's where they get that belief from. Yeah, and I and I think that is so dead wrong. First of all, why would God give you a gift and then take it back? <laughs> no, I want to watch you suffer. That's not my father. Okay. Uh, the other thing is, I believe he's going to make our power much greater. Uh, but it's it's we need to understand here uh, that even if we die in the physical, it doesn't mean we lose. It actually means we win. And and if you uh, you know we'll get, get go down to the, to the last verse. But if you die for the sake of God, it's it's almost like getting a promotion in heaven. You know what I mean? If you are faithful unto death, believe me, the, the Lord will reward that. Yeah, but part of it could lend to the struggle, you know. Um, you know, one, I think that the verse 10 shows us that the saints, you know, are not raptured out at this point because, you know, it says at the end of verse 10, here is the patience and faith of the saints that, you know, there's going to be something so dramatic that happens um, through this war that um, the saints are having to endure through it. Um, whether that's with the Holy Spirit or not, that's still kind of questionable. You know, it, it very well could be that the Holy Spirit is taken from us. But again, Jeff, it's like, why would the Lord, you know, yeah. put us on this earth? Like, why would he give us the power of the Holy Spirit with signs, miracles, wonders, and a demonstration of his power, and then take that away. You know, it doesn't logically make sense. No, it, it doesn't. Um, but but listen, here's the thing. Um, when all of the media is controlled, when all of the world systems are controlled, when all of the world governments are, and you're out there just as, you know, one of the very small minority being the Christian, uh, the one who cannot buy or sell, as we'll get to, um, it does listen, you can still walk by, and I, I believe God's still going to want to bring people into the kingdom right to the very last minute, and he needs us to have the Holy Spirit in us to do that because we can't do it on our own. We cannot Amen. do it on our own. So um, I believe we're going to be able to do greater things, but no one's going to be able to see it. It's not like your post is going to, you know, someone shooting a video of you raising someone from deadly illness, you know, is going to go viral at that point in time. It might. You never know. You know. We never I'm know. believing for full miracles, so I'm going to claim that the Lord's going to make it go viral. You know that all that this is going to be a time where the saints are really going to step up. You know, and you know what is patience, patient endurance. You know, I guess is it just sitting there passively and watching all these things happen? The scripture doesn't imply that, um, you know, what is the faith of the saints? I think that, you know, this is going to be the time where we just have to patiently endure that faith. And I don't think that's passive. You know, I think that we're going to be in the thick of the battle. We're going to be on the front lines. And because of that, that's where the patient endurance comes from. You know, that, that feeling that this war is going to be longer than, you know, we expected that, you know, we're, we are exhausting ourselves with the fight. And, uh, you know, so I think we're going to be seeing the saints step up more. Yeah, I, I do believe so as well. 
Um, so it's, it's also really important here. I don't want to pass it over. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. So this is tell when it says that it says, listen up folks, this is telling you pay attention to this. Uh, if anyone is destined for captivity to captivity, he goes, if anyone kills with the sword, with the sword, he must be killed. Here is the perseverance and the faith of the saints. So, you know, uh, look, we they're going to come door to door looking for you. Yep. Uh, they are going to kill us at that time. Uh, but, you know, as we get into, uh, you know, further into the book of Revelation, you'll realize that this time is going to be cut short, although the Antichrist will be in power uh, for these three and a half years or the 1260 days. Again, read uh, Daniel uh, chapter seven, uh, because the parallel is is obviously intentional by God uh, in this time. But I think that uh, the the time when we cannot buy and sell and things like that will be cut short. Uh, it'll be cut short by God. Um, but you know, so I don't, it won't be years because I believe the first, uh, first while of the antichrist reign is going to be a wonderful time on earth. <laughs> I do. I think so too. Yeah. I think he's going to put on the greatest show you've ever seen. Very possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, not to mention yeah. miracles, but also the Hollywood magic and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I think so too. All right. Then yeah. I saw another beast coming up of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. Mm. So, right. And I think, you know, so we got this. Uh, I don't know. I mean, do you. You know, the dragon right before this in chapter 12, you know, I believe really is reminiscent of Satan. Yes. And, you know, I believe that the beast is, you know, just another one of his forms. I think it's the same being just showing up in different forms. But this one tends to be, you know, it's interesting. He appears like a lamb with horns and he speaks as a dragon. So, you know, I don't think that this is the dragon that uh, is is Satan. Um, yet it says in the next verse that he exercises all, you know, all the power of the first beast before him. And he causes the earth and them that dwell in the earth to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So right. there's a question as to, is this dragon the same one talked about in chapter 12, or is this another forerunner that's coming before the beast kind of preparing that way? Well, I, I think, so, yeah, you know, it, I think most scholars or people tend, the, the general agreement is this is kind of the, uh, the, the great witness or the, you know, uh, and when it says uh, two horns like a lamb, uh, again, the horns is like the power structure. Uh, I think that's the way that they're referring it to it. So there's two systems, and this is my opinion through my studies, uh, but the two horns, I think it's a political and a religious. Uh, 
So it's a political and a religious person, but he speaks as a dragon, which, you know, means he's uh, obviously blaspheming God, uh, you know, to the extent where he's exalting the first beast as God. Yeah. I would agree with that. So, you know, a a good word for that is a forerunner. You know, like we had Elijah the prophet who uh, was a forerunner or... Sorry, we'll say John the Baptist. Yeah, John the Baptist. Jesus Christ. Um, So I kind of see this as the same thing, you know, that um, this person will be a forerunner for the dragon. Yeah, I I think so too. Uh, And he exercises all authority of the first beast in his presence. That caught my eye. So he exercises the authority in the first beast's presence. Yeah. And he makes the earth and those who live on it worship the first beast whose fatal wound was healed. So I want to point out something here as well. And he makes the earth. Does that sound like a choice? No, I think it's, you know, that it's that persuasive forcing, you know, that, that will, uh, or melding the will, um, you're yeah. scared to speak out against this per, uh, against this. I think, so I think too. That's... You know, I think it's like when when I see it, I think of like when Moses went before Pharaoh. You had Janus and Jambre who uh, were the, you know, the false prophets that were before Pharaoh, and they literally were performing the signs and the wonders right before Pharaoh's face as he sat there on his throne watching you know, them battle Moses. And I think this is going to be kind of the same thing, you know, is that he's going to be doing these things in front of that individual, but also, you know, it implies that you have all the people seeing this as well. Like they're seeing the prophet. They're also seeing um, the one who's sitting on the throne watching it happen. That's right. And again, I, I think when he when it says and he makes the earth and those who live on it uh worship the beast, this is this is forced compliance. This is, you know, no no no, this is the system. If you speak out against this system at this time, uh it's bye-bye. Mm-hmm. And and I want to also point out that he that they mention whose fatal wound was healed. Uh why is this said again? It's for you to pay attention. So right. If you don't listen, it's going to be obvious to the world. Uh, you who know now know this scripture, when someone of this magnitude and power arises, has a fatal hand wound, and comes back, you can say, Oh, that's the AC. Yeah. And I think you know it's important that, that you know, again, we go back to the beginning of this chapter where it says the whole world. So I think that this is going to be, whether it's televised, whether it's like a huge global gathering, um, you know, I don't think there's going to be a way to miss what's happening. That's Um, You know, it it implies that every individual is going to see this event happening, you know, where you have the, the beast and the dragon gathered together and they're displaying these signs and these wonders and you know 
he's everybody sees he's not dead that there's been this um coming back to life so i think this is going to be you know a one-time mass event um where these things are displayed and you know that dragon is going to be almost displaying you know like the show that he's putting on Mm -hmm. um you know, before the sight of all men. It and and it even says, what's the epitome? What's what's the grand finale? You know, he makes fire come down from heaven onto the earth in the sight of men. Like well, Elijah. Yeah. I was just going to say that, like Elijah. And, you know, in on Mount Carmel with Elijah and um, uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, you know, it says that he's up there with 850 prophets of Baal and, you know, all of Israel's up there also on that mountain watching. And he says to them, you know, why do you continue to let your faith waver? You know, either there's a God or there's not. And today you're going to know who's God because he's going to answer by fire. And so, you know, it's a direct reference to that, that you know, not only is the beast proclaiming with his mouth that he's God, but now he's going to have this um, one time where he's allowed to make fire come down from heaven in the sight of men. And they're, you know, they're going to relate that to that first uh, Kings uh, chapter 18 event and, you know, proclaim that he is indeed God. That's right. And, you know, this it's going to be a convincing show, folks, you know, but yeah. don't forget, uh, and we'll get into it as, as we did previously in our studies and coming forward, uh, God still has a plan that everyone watches too, because everyone watches the two witnesses and mm-hmm. things like that. So don't, again, that's what, why I say God doesn't abandon us in many right. ways. Plus he sends the 144,000, which is the beginning of next chapter. And I can't wait to do that again um, and speak on it because we get a little bit more clues as we go forward. Um, okay, where are we? We're in verse 14. So he yeah. deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and then lived. So we've and, got this image that he's then going to create, kind of like in the days of Daniel. You know, you had, was it, it was Cyrus who built a <laughs> massive, large image of himself. But as, you know, these verses go on, it says that that image is able to uh, breathe and speak. And that its breath is able to kill those who do not worship it. Yeah, and this will strike fear into the people. Again, forced compliance. Um, and also, uh, you know, the image of the beast, again, you know, this is creating the idols. This is God, this is Satan mocking God, saying, here's the golden calf, except this time it's a dragon or whatever it's going to be, right? Uh, you know, uh, it's going to be a, a real mockery. Look, it's going to be obvious to you who have the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, go back to the beginning, say that prayer with Jesse. Um, because other, listen, uh, 
even if even if the beast does appear as a dragon with the you know, like seven horns and ten heads or whatever like listen uh it, it's gonna be beautiful it's not it's gonna be it's not gonna be a scary oh my goodness it's a beast no no it's gonna be beautiful to you um yeah and, and i've talked about that you know it, satan's different forms and how one of his forms it's so you know so handsome, so beautiful, very alluring, very tempting, um, you know, and that's his, I just call it his nice side, but um, he really doesn't have a nice side, but, <laughs> but there's something about it that draws you to him. And that's, you know, the form that he's going to be appearing in. And, you know, everybody's just going to be drawn to that. And, uh and even you know, when he was in heaven, he was considered the most beautiful, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. So that's something. Yeah. yeah, the Lord made him that way. You know, the Lord made him to display his beauty, his glory, his splendor. And uh, so he'll temporarily have that covering once again. Um, and uh, let's see, where were we? Um you know, the other thing that comes to my mind as we get into these last verses is that, you know, there's a lot of people questioning right now if, you know, we'll just say the jabber, you know, th that there's stuff in the jabber that, uh, you know, could be the mark of the beast and that anybody who's received that, you know, then is has this mark of the beast. And, um, you know, I, I just personally don't believe yeah, that to I be like. the case. Um, because, you know, I, I guess let's say what the theories are first one, you know, some bring out that it's, um, it attaches to your RNA, which is basically your RNA is along your neurons. You have these RNA that act as bookmarks. So, you know, like how your neurons work is, you know, it's your brain communicating with all the muscles, all the parts of your body. So, you know, at first you're a baby, you have to learn to sit up, then you have to learn how to stand, then you learn or crawl, and then you learn to take step by step, you know, before you're fully walking or running. And each step of the way, you know, you've got these bookmarks that form in those neurons so that then it skips, you know, where your brain doesn't have to start over at the beginning with each step every time, you know, it just goes once you have learned to run, your brain just goes there. When you want to run, it just skips to that bookmark and you run. So, um, you know, some say that, you know, that this, um, jabber has something that then connects to your rna and changes your dna and makes it so that you you know then have the dna of the beast or you know no longer your own dna or or the dna of of the lord jesus christ but you you know are in the beast image then excuse me um so that's one of the theories with that. Yeah, and and I agree with you. Listen, I I think it's a forerunner. I think it's a test to see how yeah. many people they can get. I I think all of the the things that we're seeing the 
evidence that's being suppressed and what's happening to people who are uh, doing the hokey pokey. Uh, you know, look, it's a very scary thing. I do believe it is definitely a plan of the uh, of the satanic uh, order that's going on. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. As a matter of fact, it doesn't make me right, but uh, yeah. I'm, I'm. But I don't. But it, I listen. The mark is going to be something very, very obvious, and there's a bunch of stuff yeah. that has to happen first. And we're just detailing it. Have you seen the guy with a deadly head wound come back? Have you seen fire come down from the sky? Have you seen, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. I think the, the Bible. Market... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I just, I think the, the Bible clearly uh, says that that was not the mark, that this thing that's happening yeah. right now. And the mark implies literally that it's like a, a written mark, almost like a tattoo on your hand or your forehead, that it's a visible mark on your hand and forehead um yeah so you know i don't believe it will be a chip or anything like that um you know i believe that it literally will be a visible mark and and it seems to be coordinated with this event where you know the dragon and the beast are being displayed before men, his resurrections being displayed before men. They're performing these signs and wonders. The fire comes down from the sky. And then, you know, why does it bring in this image of the beast, this idol? And I think it's going to be just like the days of Cyrus, where, you know, what happened in Daniel's day Cyrus literally made all the people go before this image and they had to bow down and worship it. And those who didn't were killed. So I believe that, you know, we'll have this event and then everybody's going to be forced to make a statement before that image. You know, will they bow down and worship the image of the beast or not? And at that point, those who bow down and worship are going to receive that mark on their hand or their forehead. Those who don't will be killed. Um, so I think that, you know, that's a good indication that the jabber, that a chip is not going to be this mark because there has to be some specific or that specific event and things that happen within that event that occur in conjunction with that mark. Yeah, now it might have chip technology in it, but I fully right. agree. I I fully agree with everything you said uh, that it will be visible mm -hmm. uh, somehow, and and you know it could be just something like uh, that's planted under your skin and it raises the skin. Right. You know, it could be that, or it could be the image of the beast. You know, <laughs> uh, literally put on you, uh, which will be beautiful. You'll want it. <laughs> or <laughs> right it'll be like People those sticker tattoos everybody's gonna be in line holding out their hand or their forehead like i want the sticker tattoo of well, the beast. well just just <laughs> just look at this experimental hokey pokey and when it first came out, people were making social media posts going, Oh my goodness, I feel like I won the lottery. I was able to get it first. You know, I, I'm telling you, this is a forerunner. <laughs> Right. It's sad, but this is true. I really think you're right on about that, Jeff. Right on, right on, right on. <laughs> hey, listen, we're almost done here, but what? What's we don't want to miss the couple last verses here. 
And he causes all, the small and the great, the rich and the poor, the free and the slaves, to be given a mark on, and, and by the way, the King James says, in their right hands or in their foreheads. Okay, so yeah. they're a little bit of wording difference. I, I don't think that that is, I think it's going to be obvious, but listen, here's here's the important part. He causes all the small and the great, the rich and the poor, the free and the slaves. You cannot trust in anything you have at this point in time. You can be rich, you can be poor. It does not matter at this yeah. point in time. Everybody's going to go before the idol and have to choose if they're going to bow the knee to an idol or if they're going to uh, refuse. Yeah. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a very obvious and personally conscious decision. And mm -hmm. here is the warning. There's tons of scripture to back this up. Um, do not think that if you are saved that you can take this and you'll still go into heaven. If you take this mark of the beast, there is no turning back. You are erased out of the book of life. There is no uh, coming back to God. Well, God, I just wanted to be able to buy food. Uh, no, yeah. love your life unto death and have no fear. Um, is, right. is, so I, I, we have to be adamant about that. And this, I am confident, comes from God. I am confident this comes from God. There is no turning back. Do not think that God's grace will forgive you if you take this mark. Right. And and you have to remember what's behind it is that, you know, if you take that mark, you know, I think it's as the Jews are proclaiming this beast to be the false messiah, you know, they're proclaiming him to be God. And mm -hmm. so that's really what's behind it is that, you know, that it represents that proclamation that you are saying this beast is God and instead of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, um, it, and what's, what's the most important, uh, commandment <laughs> place, yeah. no other gods before me. So he, you're making right. a conscious decision to break the number one commandment. Yeah, you are. All right, so here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. And, of course, this has been out for a long time, but if you, you know, you see barcodes on every product and everything that's out there right now, I don't think the mark is right. going to look like a barcode. I think it's going to be a lot sexier, more sexy than that. <laughs> uh, but the barcode... Uh, essentially right. is the foundation for the system that is going to be coming in. And if you look at the beginning, the middle, and the, the end numerals, they are 666. And uh, because we're, you're not able to buy or sell without it, that means there is a removal of the cash system. And I just want to remind people of what I'm predicting, and I believe Jesse is agreeing. Inter Nasara Jasara, the quantum financial system, Removes yeah. cash. They're already selling it to us. Patriots are selling it to us on how good it is going to be because the bad guys can't operate anymore. But you will lose the ability to buy or sell without being in the system. This is what will usher in the mark of the beast. Jeff's conjecture. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think it's important to remember, you know, we're not 
these times are not doom, gloom, and helpless, you know, how are the sons of God supposed to act at this time? You know, we have to remember to activate our faith and to live off of belief and, you know, remember the things of old, you know, that's why it's so important to know the scriptures, to know, you know, they're not just stories that are written in there. They're eyewitness accounts of the miracles, the signs, the wonders that God performed in the lives of those testifying. So, you know, think of times like Elijah, where, you know, what they were, um, the land had a famine and he went to the widow of Zipporah. And she was down to her last bit of flour and oil and was going to make a piece of bread for her and her son. And then they were expecting they were going to die because she didn't have any other options. There wasn't, you know, she couldn't go to the store. There wasn't, you know, grain she could go pick in the field and, and mill herself to make flour. There was nothing. And, you know, in faith, she made Elijah that last piece of bread. And what does scripture say? Her her flower flower jar, her oil jar never ran out. And what's interesting is if she used the last of it to make a piece of bread, where did it come from? You know, where did what she had in the jar come from that never ran out? You know, it was a miracle of God. And so, you know, we need to trust and you know, like Israel was in the wilderness 40, 40 years and the Lord literally had manna fall down every single morning, but it was an act of faith. You know, they weren't allowed to store up. They weren't allowed to collect extra every morning. They woke up, they went outside, they trusted that manna was going to be there. They collected and gathered what they needed to eat for that day. And, you know, they started all over the next day. So, you know, do I believe the Lord's going to be doing those things during this time? I do. You know, I think that we need to not be fearful and say, oh man, you know, it's coming. What are we going to do when we can't buy, we can't sell? You know, I'm going to be trusting the Lord to give us miracles. I, I could be absolutely wrong, um, <laughs> but I'm still going to show up every morning out outside and expect that manna to be there and you know if it's not then i'm going to worship and praise the lord and and just trust that he'll make a way where there seems to be no way that's right uh, i 100 agree with you uh and listen jesse before we started the broadcast so we're recording this for anyone who watches this in the future we are recording this on uh on halloween day uh, 2021. And so I've asked Jesse, uh, to pray uh, a prayer just in, uh, in rebellion to what the enemy is doing, uh, that we're, and we're going to close with that prayer. Uh, but just before we get to it, you know, because we're talking about this buying and selling and stuff like that, it's important to note that, you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff on containers in the port and this is all being done on purpose. And we know that, you know, that all the big corporations, there's no real choice. They're all, all the money goes up to the same people or same person uh, at the end of the day. And these major corporations are all in cahoots and doing this. They all are trying to bring around the great reset. They're all going to the world economic forum. And so Jesse and I are fighting back and look, I'm just going to ask you, 
go to mylibertystand.com because we're taking a stand for liberty. Go to mylibertystand.com and just read that and then you can choose whether you sign up or not. And when you sign up, it's not a salesperson that's going to contact you or anything like that. Essentially, it's one of your fellow listeners that's going to act as a concierge because there's a lot of information to take in and they just want to walk you through it and it's going to give you the best understanding. But it's one of your fellow listeners. It's no pressure. There's no sales. There's no obligation or anything like that. Go to mylibertystand.com. All right, Jesse, it's Halloween Let's do battle. Are you ready to rumble? I am ready to rumble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get Today it. The enemy's gonna know who stands against him. <laughs> <laughs> and and I and when two or more are gathered, and I'm gathered with you, so I'm I'm gonna tell you that I'm in 100 agreement, or I'm gonna say to all the spiritual, the angels, the fallen angels, to God, to Satan, that I'm going to stand in 100% agreement with this prayer from Jesse. That's right. And just to give an image, you know, I mean, I'm fully believing that we as the bride of Christ are dressed in our beautifully adorned wedding gowns that the Lord has embroidered himself. And we've got on our snazzy, you know, combat boots with that. And we've got treading to do today. So, you know, not in my time, life or lifetime, you know, is the enemy going to get an inch? So, Father, we just come before you today, Lord. And your word says that all authority has been given to our Lord Jesus Christ. It's everything is submitted unto you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we just want to honor you today in in your position, in your authority, in your power, and proclaim that we are your children, that we are the priests representing your name, and that by the power of your blood and the word of our testimony, you have given us the, the power and the authority to overcome the evil one. So, Lord, we're believing even in this evil day We are believing that. And Lord, we just come before you and ask that that you would, would, let me think how to word it, Lord. Um, We want to proclaim this as your day. You are the one who made it. You're the one who formed everything that's going to happen in this day. You are the one who has sovereign control not the enemy. And so we just proclaim those truths. And we ask, Lord, that that you would stop all rituals today, that there would be no murders, no killings, that the enemy would have no sacrifices on this day, Mm. that all things would be brought under your authority, your control. You are the God of life. And so I ask that today would be one of the greatest evangelistic outreaches in the entire history of humanity. I ask that every Christian, Lord, that you would just pour out the opportunities on us today that everywhere we go, whether it's to work, whether it's to the grocery store, whether it's just driving down the street, Lord, We ask that you would put people in our path who need to hear the gospel today and that with our 
feet prepared with the preparation of the gospel of peace, we would go out today preaching the gospel with great boldness and that we would be snatching men and women who are on the verge of participating in this holiday the enemy set up, that we literally would be snatching them from the fire today, Lord. And instead of the enemy getting a whole bunch of sacrifices and and ritual deaths, Lord, we ask for life on this day. We ask that, again, that it would be the greatest evangelistic harvest in the history of humanity, Lord, and that every eye would see it, every ear would hear, and that we would stand amazed at the work of your hands and the work of your Holy Spirit on this day, Lord. So we ask for that in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. A day to remember for certain. I'm in agreement with that. Hey, listen, thank you for joining us on uh, Revelation Sunday. Uh, We're going to continue next week and, uh, God bless each and every one of you. So just uh, remember as you go, the number one commandment, love your God, (laughs) Um, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. And one of the ways you can do that, of course, is to go to mylibertystand.com. We'll see you on the inside.